0: Hey, everyone, Naomi here. We will be back with an all-new episode of I Love a Lifetime Movie next week. But in the meantime, we wanted to share with you an episode of a fellow Lifetime podcast called The Table is Ours, which, by the way, I did do an episode of, so definitely go check that out. The show is hosted by the fabulous Kirby Dixon and Amira Luali. Amira was actually recently named one of Forbes' 30 Under 30, okay? Queen, stay Queen! The ladies sit down with some of their favorite Black icons to have open, honest, and deep conversations all about how Black identity is formed, empowered, and fortified in the lives and careers of the guests. This week, we're bringing you the interview with the fabulous Kelly Rowland. Yes, that Kelly of Destiny's Child. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this great combo. And Megan and I will see you next week with our first thriller of the year.
1: A
0: lifetime original podcast.
1: I don't think I ever got to a point while I was in New York where free food in an open bar did not excite me. So whether I wanted <laughs> to go to said industry event or not, I would go. I literally have a couple of friends that would do this with me. We would go, mm-hmm. get the free food, get the free drink, say, "Ah, oh, hi, how are you?" Da-da-da for two minutes, and then dip, and then we would actually go to dinner. Oh, I like that. You know, it's like so you're like pre gaming a moment that you Mm -hmm. actually want to be in so then instead of going to the restaurant and paying for three drinks you're only paying for one
0: you know that's actually what i miss the most the free stuff oh my gosh i know hey y'all welcome to the table is ours the podcast where we talk about all things black that's black sisterhood black music and elevating black voices and I'm here with my lovely co-host, Kirby Dixon.
1: Hey, girl. Hey.
0: <laughs> if Kirby were a black girl group, she would be
1: TLC. Would I, be knew TLC. TLC.
2: I knew you were going to say TLC. No! did know? How did it? you know?
1: I was, I was thinking dancing versus <laughs> rapping. I, ah, I knew you were going to say See, that. See, I don't even know how to explain it because you just did it. Thank you.
0: But that is why.
1: You know what? I'm okay with that. I'm okay with Okay with
0: it. They're iconic. And they you, know are- what? you know what's best about <laughs> them? They, I think they, each of them, each of their like vibes is a pillar of who you are.
1: I so feel that, girl. Thank you. Them together is you. Thank you. I You're appreciate also. that. Okay. And y'all know who that is. That is my absolute favorite co-host. Miss mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Amira Lawali. And mm-hmm. if Amira were a black girl group, she would be... Black And the reason I'm saying you will be black is literally for one song and one song only. What song? And it's like, as if you ever going to take me back. Oof. Because I'm also thinking about it because it's like literally the end song of Bring It On. And I feel like black is the epitome of the girl group that's kind of like, what, man? You're not going to get me ever again. I'm so much better without you. Mm -hmm. They're iconic. They can sing. Yes okay they can dance they can act they're literally the multifaceted group that we didn't even know that we needed growing up and I think you'll be black for that reason
0: I appreciate that I see that I love Mm -hmm.
1: them you see the energy
0: and bring it on like they were just like I stand them what acting (laughs) what acting this is my real life (laughs) (laughs) okay but actually, we got something else to talk about Kirby. So I'm not going go. to use the lot time here. She's totally about
1: to ask me these. Go ahead. Do it, girl. Go ahead. Go <laughs> ahead. Go <laughs> ahead. You're so <laughs> annoying. I hate this for me. A few episodes ago,
0: B. Kirby Dixon, my friend, Mm-mm. sprung on me. Mm-mm. Some very intimate questions. She flipped the she flipped a script. Mm-mm. And instead of, <laughs> uh, like, all the questions we ask other people, fine, Kiki, whatever. Mm-mm. She asked me (laughs) on the spot without any, any warning. So here she go, guys. Dang it. It's
1: her turn to be on the hot seat. Remember, Amira, when I told you that I can dish the shade, but I cannot take it myself? Yeah, I know. Here we go. (laughs) When you told me that, I was like, oh, damn, she's not going to like this. You know, in the
0: spirit of friendship and, like, growing and being through therapy and knowing how to get friends, if there's a question that is too much or crossing your boundary, just say no, and I will completely move on. Okay. Like, I will not put you on the spot in a bad space. Okay. I respect that. I will think about that. Okay. What is the why behind doing all that you do? Your day job, your (sighs) DEI efforts, this podcast – Kirby works a lot, okay? Like
1: (laughs) she does a lot. So what is your why? Oh, that's like a good question. That's a weighted question though. I feel like it's hard because my why stems from, I think, the drive and the desire to be successful because of my parents and all that they've kind of put forth for me. But my why is also very much so driven by what I want to see for myself and other people who look like me. Like I have never had a blueprint of what it looks like to be in this industry. I have never been given a key to a door. (laughs) I think everything that I've done, I did it on my own. Like I have a really good support system and people who always encouraged me and believed in me, but like everything that I've accomplished has been for me and done by me. And I think I do it so that somebody else who looks like you and I might have an easier way in to this industry and to like, I don't know, achieving their wildest dreams than I think you and I both had. So I think that's my why, but it evolves every year. Like it changes, it shifts and changes. (laughs) Ask me that in like six months and I promise you I'll have a different answer. But I think that's my why right now. And I think the DEI efforts, I mean, we don't know anything different, right? We're black. We've always been black. We were born black. Um, And you fight for people who look like us. (laughs) Okay, let's go back 10 years. What advice would you give 21-year-old Kirby? This is such a hard question. Uh, My Libra self is not okay with these one-answer situations. Um, Mm -hmm. Ten years ago, I think I would probably say just like, you are better than you give yourself credit for. Like literally just believe in your own instincts because nine times out of 10, they are in the right direction. I am such a self-doubter and like, I think a Mm self-deprecator. Even in the way that I talk to you, sometimes you can hear it. Like I'm very conscious and aware of it now, but I will always give you the negative before I give you the positive. Yep. And I'm trying to get better at it, but I don't think I really believed in myself as much as I should have (laughs) um, Mm -hmm. 10 years ago. And I also think I feared a lot of my own success. Like just push that fear away, sis. Like lean into those creative moments, lean into those ideas, lean into those relationships that I think I was afraid of before. So I think I could have gotten to where I am now a lot sooner had I just given myself the credit that I deserved much earlier on in life and in career. I hear that. Yeah. I'm such a self-deprecator. It is not good. Do not learn from me. (laughs) (laughs) When was the last time that you felt your most vulnerable? Ooh, most vulnerable. Um, this is gonna be sad. Um, probably, and you, you know, this probably when I lost my like friend Cherie to, um, a drunk driver in new Orleans, I think that was probably the most not in control of like my emotions that I could be between, and I mean, vulnerable as in, I mean, you saw me, I'll be, i would go to work, I'll be crying. <laughs> um, whenever yeah. someone would ask me, how are you or whatever, I didn't care who you were. I had to talk about it. Um, yeah, probably that's the most vulnerable I've been in a really, really long time. Like I kind of like wear my emotions on my sleeve. Like when I'm having a bad day, you're going to know about it. But that was probably the toughest adult moment to date that I've had to go through especially around people that I didn't necessarily feel safe around like your coworkers. like and I feel you feel safe right but not to the yeah. point where you want to be crying hysterically in front of somebody um yeah. and I guess that actually takes me back to the why because like I'm at a point now where I can talk about it and not cry because I like Sheree is literally in everything that I do like I think about her so often it's insane the the, the ways in which I feel her kind of yeah. moving like working through me yeah I just saw a diagram that I think speaks to
0: what grief really is and it was like for some reason we think of grief as this thing that gets smaller over time but in reality it's the same space it's just the world yeah. around it grows so it feels like it's still
1: there and no matter what size it is it's yeah. just everything else around it grows so you don't feel it as heavy each mm-hmm. day but it's still there yeah I totally feel that even talking to guests that are from New Orleans like I want to be like oh my god my friend was there and here you know like it's, it's yeah. so I'm like pulling back to try and um connect it but yeah I think that's probably the most vulnerable I've been like the past five years and I think the most vulnerable I've been as an adult so far um is dealing with grief in a public way but not wanting people to be let in so that's probably it for me (laughs) but I am very grateful for having you because I feel like I was able to be honest with you yeah I hear that um okay what is your love language Oh, okay. Because I
0: I truly believe these channel not just for relationships. Like, it's platonic. It's romantic. Yeah.
1: The Libra in me wants to say all of them. Um, Mm -hmm. (laughs) But I think the top ones are definitely like acts of service. I, I, I want a love language to be listening. Like, people that listen... And, like, bring up things that I've mentioned before, like, even the smallest of details, like, mm. chef's kiss for me. Um, but I think it's acts of service, so people who do things for you without even asking or, like, you not even knowing need it to be done. Um, mm-hmm. uh, words of affirmation, not in, like, a vain way, but I appreciate people who can remind me of, I guess, like, my power, like, when I'm doing things well. I love words of affirmation. Because I'm such a self-deprecator. Sometimes I forget to think about the positive and sit in the negative. So words of affirmation are really great to me. I think those are my top two. Gift giving. Gift giving. No. Quality time. I love to give gifts. I don't need to receive them. But I'll take them if you give them to me. Yeah. Oh, and um, the last one you just said. Quality time. Quality time. I love spending time with people that I enjoy. I'm, like, very much the only child, and I reset by being by myself. But if I like you, I love spending time with you, whether that be, like, my friends or – like a romantic relationship. I love being around people that I enjoy. Good I basically weekend. said all of them. Yeah. <laughs> but, in the Libra way. But, 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 but I will say, yeah, probably acts of service and words of affirmation. But you can keep That's giving so me funny. gifts, girl. I appreciate it.
0: <laughs> my, my love language is gift giving and receiving gifts. And actually you said it a few weeks ago and I was like, oh, I do this in my friendships too. Like you reminded me. Yes. I It's, bad but like my lowest is quality time and stuff so my best way to show that i'm happy with someone is like to celebrate their moments with gifts that is absolutely you if you know me you know that that's what it means when i do that even if i don't send a message but if you don't know me you could take it as something very shallow but it's just like i want you to know that i've celebrated your moment from afar
1: yes i love that about you
0: (laughs) (laughs) okay what is one thing that many people don't know about you that would surprise them.
1: Hmm. Um, I'm not that confident. Very much so. I have to hype myself up to walk into rooms by myself. I have to hype myself up to uh, like put on a brave face in certain scenarios. I'm like very shy. <laughs> um, if you ask myself, I am a very shy person and not as confident as I think I come off as child if y'all could only see the mental baseball that happens in my head when I'm trying to like walk into a room or walk into a party or walk into a meeting um actually works the easy part like I feel like I'm confident at work but like in my actual life I'm not as confident as I feel like I come off as
0: yeah I think that would surprise a lot of people because <laughs> for people want stay home herbie is literally the life of the party <laughs> and it's not just what I think it's like when I talk about her in other spaces like friends who might know her there was like oh yeah that girl that was like talking to everybody and bringing the energy up and loving everybody mm-mm. that is how she's described by people who don't know her mm-mm. Mm-mm. i think it, that
1: definitely surprises people i think because... i like to have a good time but i think a part of that probably comes from awkwardness like i don't like people mm-hmm. to feel weird in rooms i don't want people to be like mm-hmm. uncomfortable or awkward so i'll pull the band aid off sure but it takes a lot for me to get that way
0: Last question for you is what we what we dish out to all of our guests every single week. My black is
1: iconic because. Oh, the hardest question that I think we ask every week. My black is iconic because I was literally destined for greatness after being conceived by my beautiful mother and my handsome <laughs> father. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I do not have a choice. But to live in my purpose and to live in my purpose well because of the incredible people that came before me. So my black is iconic because I was destined to be great from the moment I was born. That was good for me on the cuff, girl. That was really Thank good. you. That's good. People going to be like, who is this cocky girl? No, y'all. You, if I do not no believe it. No one's going to say that. I need to say it to believe it and see it. So I appreciate that question. That is a hard question, girl. I never realized how hard it could be when we give it to people. I know. Well, thank you for playing my game, girl. <laughs> thank you, Oprah. <laughs> I be on my Oprah shit sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate you for asking the hard questions. You're welcome.
0: Speaking of black Bean iconic, we have one of the most iconic iconic and when I say iconic I genuinely mean it because I go back to the very first draft of this podcast yes and she was the inspiration
1: yes she was on the cover yes the cover
0: Let's talk about it the most iconic guest we have who do we have this week Kirby? let them know
1: we have miss Kelly Rowling pew, 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 pew. um <laughs> Not only have we had one child of destiny, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. we are now at a count of two. Two. Two we children are in a destiny. Destined. Okay. We have the majority. Beyonce, are you listening? Because just send you, us a sign. You have to close out the trifecta. Like it is only it's destined. Right. Yo, Kelly Rowland pulled up a seat. She did. to our table. Honestly, Kelly pulled up a couch, okay? Mm-hmm. She pulled up a beanbag chair and she sat down with us and had the ultimate sister girl chat. Mhm. I still pinch can't me. believe it. Like, pinch me. This can't be real. Pinch me. We sat just... down with Kelly Rowland. Amira. I know.
0: I know. Okay. Every time I think about that, I just, damn, girl, we did that. Because how manifestation works. How do we go from <laughs> making a PowerPoint deck and pitching mm-hmm. her as the core of this podcast. You know, you pitch yeah. your your dream guest and that dream is a reality, baby. Yep. Wow. Jeezy happening,
1: guys. I just had chills come down my body. I know. <laughs> but Kelly was a real sis, okay? Also, can we just talk about her skin first and foremost? Like she just glows. Even on this terrible Zoom lighting in this digital world, she just glows. Stunning. It's not fair, but okay. Stunning. <laughs> We still we, love you, sis. We love her so much. <laughs> you slayed us on that Zoom, but we love you.
0: <laughs> we talked to her about yeah. sisterhood, which is one of our favorite things, our favorite pillars here. Mm-hmm. Knowing when to invite people in and knowing when to let them go. And she showed us confidence in how to love our black and brown skin and be our beautiful selves.
1: She sure did. Y'all, I will run down this bio for you guys and for you guys only, but Miss mm-hmm. Kelly Rowland is an American singer and mm-hmm actress and executive producer Mm -hmm. who rose to fame as a member of the top selling multi-grammy award-winning group destiny's child yes but aside from being an international girl group fame kelly's got her own okay Mm -hmm. (laughs) she's released top charting solo albums simply deep miss kelly and here i am and as if that was not enough Y'all, Kelly is also the star and executive producer of her newest Lifetime film, Merry Little Christmas Baby, which aired over the holiday break on November 27th. This film completes the trilogy, y'all, not one, not two, but three movies following the little family from love, marriage, and now to a new bundle of joy. And if you missed the premiere, don't worry, y'all, you can catch it again wherever you get your Lifetime movies. But y'all, say her name, say her name. Miss Kelly Rowland,
2: let's get into it. Hello. Hello. How are you, lady?
1: We're so, so good. good. <laughs> we're trying <laughs> to keep it
0: calm right now. You know what will help if we're just honest with it. So we're going to be honest before we even start. This podcast started a few years ago. Kirby and I, and we were envisioning a podcast to honor our black icons. Okay, mm-hmm. I went back to our very, very the first deck. deck. Yes, <laughs> our deck like three years ago, and we made our like prototype episode with you and mine. Mm-hmm. So this is very full circle for us. This is dope. Okay, I'm this loving this. Very I'm a part full circle. Yes, for us.
1: this is the <laughs> energy. I literally been walking around the house like I told y'all we was going to vote like this. <laughs> Kelly's at the table, so we bump <laughs> like this. this. Is literally what I've been renditioning in my head all week. <laughs>
2: Oh, what well, you just made my day, so thank you. <laughs>
0: thank you. So welcome to The Table ours. We are so excited to have you. We like to start every single episode with the same question, mm-hmm.
2: and that is, what is something that has brought you joy this week? Who? Something that mm-hmm. brought me joy this week is, oh, talking to my kids. Yeah. Yes. And um, right now, my, I mean, he'll be 10 months and four days, but. My ten-month-old Noah is just like, kind of getting into everything right now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, even though I'm, I'm actually filming, um, so the boys are home and um, I don't get a chance to like, you know, be with them. But what they were doing and how they were interacting with each other just brought me so much joy because I knew how happy oh. Titan was to play with his baby brother. Yeah. yeah, and just like watching him and watching him and Noah interact, just oh. Just, oh. oh it's just made my heart explode oh my god because they're both so happy to be in each other's lives
1: oh Oh my god I think it's probably so special to see your firstborn become a big brother big sister to a younger kid I can't even imagine what that feels like
2: (laughs) early when I brought baby home I just saw Titan like a little puppy he just kept oh. like, like and pooping and I, I, I came in and then his dad took the baby. And he <laughs> kept him down to his height, and he's like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's like, I can't even contain my excitement. He couldn't take all the excitement. So then we like, we um, sit him down. And when I saw Titan look at Noah, I had the ugly emotional crowd like, oh, <laughs> cried so hard and I was like Mm -hmm. oh this is like you know you only dream of this kind of stuff when you're younger right that's beautiful the fact that it was right in front of me I was just I think it was the overwhelming sense of like gratitude it was so much and I'm so so grateful
0: that is beautiful because when my mom brought me home me and my older sister (laughs) seven years apart my older sister beat me up so much that my mom sent her away for the summer to our (laughs) <laughs> and we are so close now, but I will never let her live that down, that she had to be sent away because she was so mean to me. So that is beautiful. <laughs> like, it took us a few years.
1: We're besties now. That's where your Nuck If You Buck energy comes from. Amirana. It does, because I, I was I was literally fight or flight from birth. You didn't have a choice. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. But Kelly, family is something that is so important to Amira and I as well as you can tell, whether that be biological or chosen family, which is more important at times, right? They don't have a choice. We chose them. Oh. Um, yeah. And we know you are from Atlanta, but relocated to Houston, and that's where you met the Knowles H-Town! family. I know, another H-Town in the building. Can you talk to us a bit about what it was like kind of navigating those two households and how important family was for you growing
2: up? Well, I mean, because my mom, she was a nanny and it moved her from Atlanta to Houston. Mm-hmm. So the dynamic of family, you know, and being from Atlanta and then us making the way to Houston was definitely big for me as a kid.
1: Mm-hmm. And I
2: didn't know what to expect. Honestly, thought Texas was the place where everybody would... Rode cowboy, uh, cowboy, yeah. Well, they do ride cowboys, but um, <laughs> I ride. Uh, but they, you know, ride horses, and there's cowboys and cowboy boots and this and that. Mm-hmm. And I got there like great progressive city, and you know, I saw, you know, so much. Uh, but I still had needed the sense of family, and I did, of course, meet the, the family, and. Um, you know, my BB and I became like sisters. Solange and I like sisters. And mm. Angie's my big sister. So it's like we're a whole crew. You know what I yeah. mean? But I still have my family here in the A. You know, I, I'm i grateful to have family in both places. You know what I mean? And feel mm-hmm. grounded. Get that love and sense of, of love in both places. H-Town and, of course, Atlanta. I'm a Southern girl to my heart. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. I was going to say two very prideful cities.
2: Yes. <laughs>
0: Yes. So we feel like we kind of watched you grow up in the spotlight, right? And we can only imagine the amount of pressure that comes with that, whether it's like self-esteem or self-confidence. And I was reflecting on it yesterday. Like I, people always ask me like if I was ever insecure about like, being like darker skin, if that ever came up. And I, mm-hmm. I, know that's a theme for other people, but for me, I was obsessed with my big sister who has beautiful dark skin. So I always thought it was beautiful. Okay, mm-hmm. I was yeah. like, I just w- I want to be like her. I felt safe that way. Growing mm-hmm. up in the spotlight, did it ever make you
2: question your darker skin or your self identity, your self esteem? Um, I think that society made me do it. You know what Mm. I mean? It wasn't anything like that. It was more so, I didn't see enough of women who looked like me who were having all these huge opportunities. It's a blessing that this generation, you know, gets to see more women of a darker complexion attain so much, whether that's with this incredible L'Oreal ad, you know what I mean? We ain't see that in the 90s. Not at all. You know what I mean? We got doses of it. We got like, I'm obsessed with the 90s and... um, (laughs) models and everything so yes. and that's where i've actually started to see myself the first time was um naomi campbell to uh, mm-hmm. uh beverly johnson uh janet jackson when she did mm-hmm. love do without you i'll never forget seeing that video for the first time whitney houston seeing those women i was like oh wow we look the same yeah and i started to see myself and i knew that it was attainable from just watching those women do it was it enough of them doing it no no they yeah. given. Much opportunity to some of the white models or white counterparts. Maybe no, but it's happening now. And it's beautiful Mm -hmm. that it's happening now because, you know, now you have kids are able to see themselves and hear stories of themselves through shows like Karma's World. Yeah. Yeah. So grateful to Ludacris for that. Like, I'm so, so excited because, you know, I needed that. Yeah. I don't know if you guys have seen it, but the way they are, pinpointing these stories for beautiful girls, young girls of color, they are Mm -hmm. on it. He is on it. He caught one. And I'm so happy for him. That's amazing. amazing. I mean, Mm. it's
1: so crazy because representation is and has always been important. I think it's so funny now that like representation and diversity and equity and inclusion feels like a buzzword now, but it has always been something that should have been noted from the very beginning, right? You can't be what you can't see. Um, I truly believe that. And that's literally the reason why we created this podcast is that we wanted our Black faves, people like you, to see that we care as a network. (laughs) And as two young Black girls in this industry, we want to have the conversation with you and pull from all of the knowledge that you have had and experienced throughout your life. But speaking of not seeing necessarily someone who looked like you growing up, until you saw these music videos and these icons, what was it like seeing kind of and being included in Beyonce's brown skin girl video? Like when we first watched that, we cried. I cried. Between you, Naomi, Lupita, like it was just something that we had not seen before. What was your first reaction when you heard the song and being in the video
2: with all those greats? Oh my God. I mean, I, I heard the song and I was just like, yeah, dog, this is brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> and then too, it was, um, you know, I, I, like I said, I've, I've loved Naomi since the first time I've seen her. Um, and to share any space with her, whether it's a brief conversation or in a video or just us all celebrating each other in this beautiful moment. Um, the shades of Black women, that yeah. is so important. I, I mean, when I did coffee, that was something that was important to me. When we're standing there as a pyramid, mm-hmm. that signified so much it, us being supportive. Yes. Us celebrating each other as, you know what I mean? And all the shades that we are and how, like, we don't have to compare. Because I see us all as a garden. Yeah. Yeah. You are a rose. You are a uh funny how I think that society sometimes tells women well no we'll just take this rose and we just want the rose yeah exactly That's bull crap and it was a narrative that we've heard for so long and it no longer exists it, or it doesn't need to exist and I think that sometimes it tries to play its way back in but it's really time to keep that like in the back somewhere it doesn't belong moving forward and we have to remind each other of that because I mean no one is like me. Yeah. No one is like you, and the world will be boring if we were all the same. So, I love the fact that I'm just me, and it's just 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 me. Yeah, and I bet you, if I
1: ask all of us what our favorite flowers are, they will be completely different. So.
2: Yes. <laughs> and when you put the garden together. It's so dynamic and beautiful. Exactly. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. I love black women. I know, right?
2: (laughs) Just I just had to sit in that for a
0: second. So this is probably the only time on my work day where I could say that openly in a meeting, but I I love black women and I know y'all understand that. Like it's Mm -hmm. just
2: Mm -hmm. it's a thing. Yeah.
0: So last season we had the pleasure of speaking to one of your sisters, Michelle Williams.
2: It was great.
0: It was such a good girl chat. Like the power of sisterhood, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And at its core, that is how this started. I have a sisterhood with Kirby that's, like, unbreakable. Like, that is the root of this podcast. Mm -hmm. And that's, like, the only thing we want to protect. I love girls, girls, like I love seeing girls who have like really good friendships. And I'll be honest, I don't trust people who say they don't have girlfriends. I'm always like, wee wee -wee," red
1: alarm. (laughs) (laughs) red flags popping all the way out, yeah. (laughs) But we've seen
0: you through the years root yourself in so many female friendships and black female friendships. What does black female friendship and sisterhood mean to you? And how has that helped you through your journey of life?
2: Oh my God. I think it is solidified and fortified in strength. I think it's a great amount of humility there as well when it's a really good friendship because you know that you have someone there who's going to be honest and keep it real with you. Um, Tell you about yourself. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And I think we have a gift actually as Mm -hmm. women um, to say something with soul. That's why we have to be so careful at what we say because it has so much depth to it, no matter what we say. So when mm we say someone and it does have goodness behind it we're actually pouring into someone so think about what it does when it's negative you know what Mm -hmm. I mean pouring into someone but how does that take how does it root and take form when that person grows up with something and you've instilled something that's negative in them that doesn't bear good fruit right yeah, it's rotten and what does that do to your soul so what we tell each other and what we express to each other especially when they're words of affirmation and positivity and like we're pouring into each other it should only be from like a I gotta tell you this and I want to tell you this because because you want to see them bear this great fruit mm-hmm.
1: I think that's special because Something that I didn't actually realize when you talk about sisterhood is language. And when I have someone that feels like family or feels like a friend, right? Like, Kelly, I'm going to say you, Amira, you. I don't feel the need to be like, no offense or don't take this yeah. the wrong way. Or, you know, those, those ad-libs that we feel have to be very cautious about when we're talking to someone that doesn't feel like a sacred space. So sisterhood and, and friendship really does feel that important. But what I will say is that As I've gotten older,
0: it's been really important to me to like learn how to speak to my friends in the way that they can receive it. Because I am a, I'm a Capra queen, okay? I'm very forward. (laughs) I am very clean cut. But I was like, people have feelings. I may not find that hurtful, but like (laughs) my, my friends find that hurtful. So like, I feel like so good in my friendships now, but it took me years to be like, oh, we all receive things
2: differently?
1: Yeah.
0: Oh, I love her as a sister. I should probably give her the tough love she needed in the way that she wants it. And that's fair.
2: Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, and, and, and timing is everything. Because I think that what's so sweet about friendships or just relationships, period, is every year they shift and they do something different. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like there's been times in um, my friendships where it's been like, we need, we need some time. <laughs> Part. I feel like, I feel like we yeah. need to talk, you know What I mean, and that's okay. Mm-hmm. And we come back together, and it's even stronger than ever. So, mm-hmm. or I have friends who like we haven't talked in a couple months, and we get back on the phone, and it's just like, like we pick up right where we like left nothing. off. So yeah. I, I am, I am very aware of where all of my friendships are, and like how we move and grow from there. Because if we're not, if I'm not helping you grow, then you maybe you do need some space you know what i mean or if you're not helping me grow then like i probably have to go through something or whatever you know what i mean i just feel like sometimes if that happens and there's still love there there's still you know a space there of course for you but something else is taking place and that's okay Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah. kelly
1: how did you remain kind of rooted in friendships as you navigated the music industry because sometimes it can feel so surface level at least from our perspective not being in the club right we're outside of the club (laughs) but but what kind of attributes do you look for when you're kind of letting someone new in to your space
2: you know it's funny I I remember I told God I was like yo man this is enough (laughs) I'm done like I, I remember after I met um Sierra and Sierra and I became really close. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, that's enough. I don't, it's enough. And then <laughs> yeah. but another woman into my life, and we became um, friends uh, through just being mothers. Our kids like adore each other. And I was like, okay. Mm-hmm. Really, that's got like, We no. good. I <laughs> inventory. <laughs> I'm like, oh my god, this is birthdays. Okay, what are you going to? Do? I'm going to okay. It's so. How many Christmas gifts do I need to buy again? <laughs> <laughs> so it's like I I like to make sure that that I have space and you know what I mean. It's like space with my heart and my mind and my soul for all of my friendships, mm-hmm. so that it's fair. Like we're enjoying it. You know what yeah. I mean. Female friendships mean everything to me everything Mm -hmm. yeah I'm inspired by women all the time and if we're doing a conversation you best believe like once we're finished with this conversation something is going to be written down I always get Mm. some oh I love that and I'm so grateful for that like I actually should have started a book of that just write down what they gave me their name and the year that maybe they said it or something like that because I feel like that's how much we are to each other you know what I mean it's how your cup remains full
1: yeah. Yeah. When we come back, Kelly talks about the secret to long-lasting friendships and knowing when to let others go. You won't want to miss this. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot.
0: So you touched on this a bit earlier, and as we continue to grow, you mentioned we have friends for different portions, like it's different pillars of our life, right? So whether it's school and dating or marriage and motherhood, how have you worked through the conversations of your friendships evolving? And if you do need to check out a friendship, what does that conversation look like?
2: Um, I think that it's being honest, and I think that it's – um saying how you feel yeah if you're if you're not honest about however it is that you're feeling like it's it's actually going to backfire if i'm not saying anything then it's only so much that my cup can take and then when it's running over i'm no longer of value as a friend because oh yeah then mm-hmm. I held everything in and then when it erupts the wrong is gonna come out. <laughs> it gets ugly.
1: Yeah, it gets okay.
2: bad. Really fast. So I think that when there's something there, it's a matter, like I said, of 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 leading with love and mm-hmm. knowing how to say it, like you ladies said as well. So it's mm-hmm. just keep communication open so that we are being real and authentic.
1: Yeah. I kind of want to ask you a similar question that we had asked Michelle last season, and it is about this sisterhood that you, Michelle, and Beyonce have with one another, what that means to you and how it's evolved over the years. Michelle at the time actually was telling us, she was like, yeah, I was just talking to Kelly. We was, she was making a stew and she was cooking and we were sharing recipes and things like that. Like, uh, what has that relationship kind of meant for you throughout the years and how has that continued to evolve?
2: It's so beautiful how it continues to evolve. Aww. We see it, Kelly, we see it. Oh my God, you have you have no idea. Like they are like my heart walking. They, oh, they yeah. you know what I mean? Like I thought that I could only feel like that about my, like my kids, you know what I mean? But the richer our friendship becomes, the things that we talk about and the, the trust and, yes the uh, trust it's like we we've been knowing each other before husbands before kids like that mm-hmm. is you know what I mean like before life you know and um I yeah man yeah
0: I could feel I I it makes me so happy feeling how happy you are about that sisterhood like I, oh, yeah. I love sister I love black sisterhood so much It's probably one of the biggest pillars of my life. So I feel it. I feel it giving me a little chills.
1: uh, (laughs) Agreed. And I'm I'm an only child, so I literally am rooted in my friendships and my sisterhoods outside of (laughs) biological because I don't have them. So I appreciate you sharing that because – yeah i mean like when life be life in to have someone that you can trust and have been able to trust for
2: decades yeah that's special you hold on to that yeah i i I can't even believe that we've been knowing each other i mean me and b specifically since we were eight nine years old
1: that's
2: Mm -hmm. amazing like that's so wild to me i'm like yeah oh my god (laughs) your child is eight my. You know what I mean, well, I, no, 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 she's going to be oh, my God, two digits next year, what are I going to do? So, <laughs> like, that's the kind of thing I'm thinking about, you know what I mean? That's just, Yeah. And I mean, with Michelle, Michelle knows what I'm thinking before I say
0: it. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. I remember the first time that happened, I was like, wait, what? You know what I mean? Like, I was like oh, this is like a divine connection, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, connection is divine it's bigger than you and that just blows my mind (laughs) right that's mind-blowing for me you know that's I'm i'm like oh this is bigger than us Mm -hmm. yeah
0: so on the complete opposite side of the spectrum (laughs) one of my biggest heartbreaks ever was a friendship breakup like it was a like a sister breakup those hurt
1: yeah, they in any type of romantic breakup. I
0: don't, what, it, no man has ever <laughs> made <laughs> me feel the way an ex-best friend has made me feel. But I knew it was time to end that relationship. Like, you just know when it's over and you know when you should move on and it's painful. And I feel like you mourn way longer. But when do you know when a relationship isn't serving you anymore? Like, what are the signs that you've picked up on that you're like, this is just not, this is not working, Period.
2: I think when you have two completely different perspectives on it, everything, yeah. yeah, you know what I mean. Um, you have two different perspectives on everything, and you're literally looking at the phone, or you're, you know, looking at pictures, and you're like, "How did this get here? Yeah, did I see this coming? Why did it have to come? Mm-hmm. Why it mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's so many questions that you have because you're like. Well no, no. We this is forever. Like we have the chains and everything. We're good. Yeah. Or tattoos and everything. We're good. Mhm. And when that happens, it's like it's the agony of it too. Like, no. You know, it's uh Yeah, no. cuz you feel
0: like you can't let go no like you, you can't it. like it's just you know what it is though you go into like a romantic relationship being like a 50 50 may work i hope it works I but hope. if it doesn't <laughs> it's dating i never go into a best friendship thinking that we're never going to be best friends again i'm like it's yeah. my girl for life
2: yeah right. yes no i don't want anybody to experience that it really sucks. that's why it's, it's so unfortunate when uh women say no i don't have girlfriends i'm like what right, right. Is the first question is, well, why? Suspect, right? Yeah. But I don't you don't know I, what you're missing. Yeah, but I also don't necessarily sometimes feel like it's them as much as it's like, well, who let you down or who, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's that. And then it's an opportunity for you to be an example. Yeah. And sometimes you're there for a season to be an example and that's okay too.
0: See, you're more trusting than me.
1: it's that seasonal conversation like some people are here for seasons and some people are here for a lifetime no pun intended but maybe pun intended Um, (laughs) that was good Kirby thank you oh my gosh I'm so proud of you that was very good
0: I caught it very late sorry
1: (laughs) but you know speaking of this and I literally I think we could have this conversation forever and ever and ever that's how much sisterhood and family and friendship means to us. But we do want to talk about your film, your upcoming mm-hmm. film on Lifetime. We normally like to say welcome to the family, but you're already a part of the family. You've so. been here. You've, you've been, been here. here for a while. I feel like I've been here. So you, You've been here. You've been here. But now this is your
2: third installment with Merry Little Christmas Baby. I also want to, did you come up with the title? No. I actually didn't. Um, The whole idea was my idea because it was something that actually happened to me and my husband and and our family. But um, yeah, no, no. Okay. (laughs) But tell us
1: what we can expect. What's it all about? What do we have to look forward to? And what was it like to executive produce
2: it too? Mm -hmm. I love executive producing it. And this year I, I had a really great um, executive producing partner, Laritha Jones, who's been in the game for so long and she's such a smart, brilliant, secure, um, just experienced Black woman who just loved the whole time because she's been an executive producer, she's been a director, she's been in this industry for so long and she was literally just like a well of knowledge and her, her knowledge and wealth and the fact that she wanted to share it just I was so grateful. Mm. And I'm still so grateful to her and um, the fact that we got to share this uh, space together. And we have a black director, um, Kelly, who was absolutely incredible, and a full black cast. You know, um, wow. we love that. We love to see it <laughs> on screen, behind the scenes, <laughs> and um, it was it was. Uh, <laughs> The bond I feel like that we've been able to have and to continue to connect over the years, it's just gotten stronger, you know, and the first Mm -hmm. one is first love, you know, the second one's then comes marriage and now here's Jackie with a baby, you know, and um, the dynamic behind the baby and how life takes place is really incredible and all the dynamics in the movie of how life takes place and um you know the bond between jackie and tyler the bond between jackie and her sisters and the bond between the mother and the bond between jackie and the father like it's so many things that are such a great stories i feel like the stories have gotten even better this year which i'm really proud of um They're just so, it's so warm. This family is so warm and so necessary and it's necessary to see this family on television. Yes. Yes. It it is. Yes. And
0: as a mom, how is it playing the role of your character through her journey of motherhood? Were there any like personal anecdotes that you added
2: and you're like, I went through this. I want her to go through this. Some, some stuff. I mean, the waddle was real because I actually... (laughs) a silicone belly on and um that was crazy because i'm just like waddling the whole time and like sometimes on set thomas goes yo man that looks real and i was like it's okay and i, okay. And I take my hand and just go like this and like just smush the belly and I'm like, um, just like our funny moments, like it, with, with my sisters, like, you know, I had Grisha and Latanya there. I'm just so grateful for these women. We've just become so close. Mm-hmm. You know I mean, because like I said, I need my sisterhood everywhere that I go. I can yeah. go to Canada and I still get it. You yeah. know what I mean? So it's it's all around me. And the the bond, just the bond, is, it was so necessary. We just naturally did it. It just happened. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it, it was it was awesome. Oh, my
1: God. Well, we're so excited to see it We and for everyone to see it. Like you said, this seeing this family and telling this story for television is important. So we definitely want to highlight you and the film as much as we can. And in the last couple of minutes we have with you, we would love to play a little game with you. It's not necessarily rapid fire, but it kind of is. We oh. monikered it. Rolling with Roland." So roll with the punches. I'm ready. I'm <laughs> yes. Yeah, so we just have a couple questions for you. The first thing that comes to mind, just blurt it out. Ready? Okay, oh boy, oh boy. I know. This one's not so bad. But if you were not in Destiny's Child, what other girl group could you have seen yourself being a part of?
2: Ooh. (laughs) Ooh. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Isn't that crazy? Like, I only just saw the girls in my head when you asked Mm -hmm. (laughs) me. I literally just saw the whole round table of independent women. That is crazy. Yes. Yep. <laughs> you guys kind of are the mic drop, though. So I get yeah. it. I get it.
1: It's, it's hard <laughs> to compare. <laughs> when you're the archetype, who is your
2: archetype? Oh, involved TLC.
1: hmm Oh,
2: that's a good one. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. What is one of those Kelly Rowland quirks that most people don't know about?
2: Or a pet peeve? okay so a pet peeve a pet peeve of mine is um let's see dirty nails oh yeah oh
1: yes <laughs> bad <laughs> just all around bad Mm-mm.
2: it's bad i can't stand when the cuticles are just lotion lotion yeah i have a lot
0: i hate when people send yeah,
2: queen i know you <laughs> have a lot i have many
0: <laughs> I hate when people send me emails when like follow-ups within like within six hours, <laughs> pet peeve, because if you do that, I won't answer you for 48 hours.
1: Woo! Dang, Amir. So this is the, I didn't know about this one. This is the hack that I need to know about.
2: You will be <laughs> for me because I'm like, um,
1: I'm gonna answer on?
2: <laughs>
1: I'm that person. <laughs> what has been the most vulnerable project you've put out to
2: date? Ah, that is so funny. You asked this question. I said it was the Miss Kelly project. Mm. And I also feel like that last Destiny Fulfilled album was my life from front to back.
0: Woof! What song? What song is the most vulnerable for you?
2: Through It, through it Love. Oh, yes. Through It Love, and then from the Miss Kelly album, I'm Still In Love With My Ex. That was mm-hmm. it. Yeah. I, I, oh, see, we need a
1: whole other podcast episode about <laughs> this. You got to come back, Kelly. What? <laughs>
2: I know that was really crazy in a really crazy time.
1: Okay, here's a fun one—a very COVID-esque. But how did your promiscuous in quotations IG lives with Miss Lala Anthony during quarantine even start?
2: I loved it. I loved it. every second, <laughs> I loved it too. I was tuned in. Okay, what's fun? Okay, um, Now my EA literally said you should bring back coffee with Kelly.
1: You should, <laughs> please.
2: <laughs> I don't know, we'll see what happens, I don't know. <laughs> um, but they were just one, we were just having these conversations and I was having these conversations with friends and the whiskey just helped bring everything out. Mm, it does mm. that, it tends to do that. Yes, it does. And it just became more and more fun, yeah. yeah. Bring them back, please. <laughs> <laughs> <We will>
1: be, <laughs> you'll see us pop to the top of that feed. Because it's funny. They seem so kind of vulnerable and open to you. And they were for me. I'm like, yes, you guys are literally speaking a language that we all relate to. So yes, yes, please bring them back.
2: Sure, for sure.
1: Kelly,
0: so this has been so much fun. Thank you. We always end every podcast episode with some iteration of this question. Mm -hmm. And that is, my Black is my motivation
2: because? My Black is my motivation because I still... Have stories to tell. We all have stories to tell. And within our Blackness and existence of being here, we should continue to share those stories and say what those are.
1: Beautiful. Beautiful. We love this. Oh my God. So much fun.
2: Thank you so much.
1: (laughs) Come back. We have so much more to chat with you about. And oh my God.
2: Honestly, I can't (laughs) wait. I cannot wait for sure.
1: Yes. We'll be looking forward to a coffee with Kelly (laughs) though. (laughs) Yeah.
0: <laughs> thank you so much thank you, this you so, was so much,
2: much fun no thank you for having me till next time yes, yes till next time <laughs>
1: <laughs> the table is ours is produced by us Kirby Dixon and Amira Lawali this episode was also produced by Mikami Lynn and Aisha Jordan and edited by Melissa Kaplan our researcher is Emma Fredericks Our executive producers are Jesse Katz and Ted Butler. The Tables Ours was created by Lifetime. Subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcasts. See you next week.
2: Planning for your next trip?